Welcome to Daybreak Community Church. If this is your first week with us, welcome. Uh, we love Jesus and we love people. As we walk into summer, I, I want you to wrestle with this. So there's five different types of, of people who have vision. Uh, and we're going to talk about that. And what I want you to do is actually in your mind go, okay, here's where I am and then here's where I need to be. Uh, another word that we could use instead of vision is is dream, but dreams we start to get a little bit nervous on. Dreams, uh, if you asked me what did I dream last night, I have no clue. I don't, very seldom do I know what I dream. Uh, but some of you would be like, oh, and I was fighting asteroids and Superman appeared and I took over the world. Uh, you can describe that. So dreams, visions are, are, are very similar. But for us as individuals and us as churches, God has a spiritual journey for us. And we're somewhere on that journey. No matter where we are, all of us have to take a next step. Doesn't matter if we follow Jesus for 50 years, there's a next step for us to take. It doesn't matter if we're still trying to figure out, do we want Jesus as our personal Lord and Savior? So today, what I, I want you to, to think with me or, or wrestle with me is just think of me, I'm at the stoplight on Yankee Valley Boulevard. I'm just kind of honking my horn at you because the light's green. Now don't get mad, some of you will get mad because I'm honking at you, but really what I want to do is just to get you going. It's, it's time for us to get moving. I want you to move forward. I want you to get involved. I want you not to just attend our church or just participate on Sunday in our church. I want you to start to wrestle with what's my contribution for the fall. Our end goal as individuals is to know God and in knowing God, actually have a deep and intimate, a personal relationship with a very real and living God. Through that relationship with God, we find freedom. We deal with our hang-ups, our issues, our past, our pain, our problems, and once and for all, we wipe our glasses clear so that we can rediscover our purpose and in return move from consumers to contributors. I would love for us to be mobilized as kingdom workers. See, God's ultimate plan for our life is that we're making a difference. But you might find yourself asking this question. How am I supposed to know what I'm supposed to do to make a difference? People are always confused on how to take this step. But let me tell you, the easiest way, the easiest answer is to get involved in your church. Start making a difference. This is so simple. Right where you are, just do something. Find something. Ask me Ask someone on our team, how can I help? However, I also want to offer you a different thought, another thought for today. And that is that you have a God who is trying to speak to you continually. I know what you're going to say. I don't hear God. You have to understand that God doesn't have a speaking problem. We have a hearing problem. He is trying to say some things to you, and I'm going to give you a little clue into how he speaks. 
God's language, how God speaks to us, is always in dreams and visions. Not when we're sleeping. It could be. Do you remember last week when you were at the grocery store and you saw someone who needed help? You might have wrestled with and said this in your mind, they don't need my help. Friends, that was God speaking. God will always give you supernatural ideas that you could not have come up with on your own. This is very critical. The dreams and the visions or the level of them in your life is key to your own personal success or I would put personal fulfillment here on earth. I'm going to read you one verse in a couple translations to prove it. So in Proverbs 29 verse 18 We have these words penned. You'll see them on the screen. Where there is no revelation, people cast off restraint, but blessed is the one who heeds wisdom's instruction. Now, the word for revelation is actually chizon. Chizon. Which actually means uh, dream or vision. Where there is a lack of dreaming and vision, people actually perish. Now, I'm not talking about a physical death. What I'm talking about is this is how your marriage dies. This is how your hope dies. This is how your aspirations die. This is how your emotions die. A lot of people around us are physically alive, but dead inside. And maybe all that's missing is a God dream. Something deep in the inside, something that God has shown you. We all get the case. We all get that stage in our life where we go, I don't care, it doesn't matter. But unfortunately, there's too many of us that this has become our life's mantra. It's whatever. Just kind of going with the flow. We're in the worst mode that we could be. And that's survival mode. You were created for significance, not just for survival. You don't have to stay there. Now, remember that verse from Proverbs that I just read a few minutes ago? I want to read it out of the message where it says this. If people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. But when they attend, when they watch what he reveals, they are most blessed. It kind of reminds me of John 10, 10, I've come that you may have life and have it to the full. See, the word blessed in the Hebrew is the word that actually describes being so happy in our soul. There's a soul contentment found when you're doing the things in life that really matter. So I have a pretty simple goal this morning. And that is I want to get you dreaming again. I can tell you the points where I'm at my best and the points that I'm at my worst have a direct correlation to how much dreaming or vision I have going on inside of me. When I have no dreams, when I have no vision, I'm depressed. I'm not happy. Life's not going well. But every time, regardless of the circumstance, when I'm dreaming again, I have vision again. I feel better. I feel healthier. I don't know if you know this, but the word dream and the word health are so close in the Hebrew language that some translators didn't even know which word to put there. 
So think of it like this. Dreams and health are synonymous. Think about that for a minute. You could get healthy again in your soul. Your marriage could get healthy. Simply if we had a vision for that. I can hear you now. My life would be better if my next door neighbor's dog would stop barking, Matt. See, circumstances aren't determining our happiness. Our dreams, our revelations, our visions are. God said this in Psalm 126, verse 1 and 2, When the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, we were like those who dreamed. Our mouths were filled with laughter. Our tongues with songs of joy. Then it was said among the nations, The Lord has done great things for them. Friends, I I want you to get back to that place. I, I actually think one of the ways that we do this is to create our own bucket list. Now, some of you would have a bucket list. You've seen it in movies. Maybe you've heard it. But I I want you to talk about a bucket list that's not just, oh, if I could go to Paris one day. If I could take a picture with the Eiffel Tower one day. Those things are fine, but what's on your spiritual bucket list? I'll I'll just tell you ahead of time, when you start with your list, You're going to have this tension of, do I put things on the list that I know can't happen? Let me tell you, the answer is yes. We serve a God who's able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we could ask or think. And that's not just a cool verse that we recite this morning. It's true. In my own life, I've learned a beautiful spiritual truth, and I want to stir it up inside of you. Trust me when I say you won't know it until you do it. And you start allowing your heart to dream, connecting with your living God who is speaking to you, who has wonderful things to tell you and has a place in his grand design custom made for you. You got to get yourself dreaming again, church. So here's one of the assignments today. I feel like I'm at my school at Ambrose. I want you to go home. And I want you to start making a bucket list. Just get it started. Have some fun things on there. But also have some meaningful things that will change the world as well. Well, let me go to the heart of this message, which is there's five different types of people with vision in our churches today. Here's the very first one. The first type of person is someone who has no dream. You have no dream. You have no vision for your life. If this is you, I want to challenge you that the reason that you probably have no dream is because you're not connected with the living God. Let me say it this way. You may not have faith in who God is because Hebrews 11 is very clear. Faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. See, as soon as your heart in, sorry, as soon as you have faith in your heart and you get close to God, God is going to start dropping dreams inside of you. In the early church, when God established this church, the very first thing that happened in the outpouring of the church was in Acts chapter 2 verse 17. It said this, in the last days, God says, I'll pour out my spirit on all people. Then these words, your sons and daughters will prophesy. 
Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Friends, this is what the church does. When we connect with our living God, we dream again. For some of you, that's it. That's what you need to do today. You need to get connected to God. You need to be saying, I need to get so close to the Lord. Maybe I'm not hearing God because I have so many competing voices going on inside of me. Sometimes in order to hear God's voice, you have to turn down the world's volume and allow God to speak to you. Look at this verse that's going to be on the screen from Jeremiah 33, verse 3. Call to me. Call to me, God, and I will answer you. And as I answer you, I will tell you great and unsearchable things you have no clue, you don't know. God is begging us to get close to him in prayer. Don't just let the conversation go in one direction. Prayer is not me just dumping all my concerns to God. Pray and listen. When you pray, I would encourage you to do something that I learned years ago. Keep a piece of paper near so that as God speaks to you, you can start to write down those things. Well, that's the first group of people, and maybe you find yourself in that. You have no dream. Maybe you're in the second group. You have the wrong dream. When I say the wrong dream, I'm not talking about a bad dream or even a sinful dream. It may be good. It's just not of God. You've allowed yourself to dream about something that only has earthly pursuits in it and there's nothing connected to God. God does not mind you pursuing things. But you need to hear this. God has so much more for you. I want you to experience the joy of knowing that you're a part of something that God is doing here on earth. Acts 20 verse 24 will come on the screen. It says this, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord has given me, the task of testifying, proclaiming, declaring the good news of God's grace. How do I get to a place where I have a God dream? I don't know how to say it any other way than you have to surrender your life to Jesus. What I mean by that is to say, God, you have my life and you can have my things and you can have my possessions. God, I acquired all of these things because you gave me the ability to do this in the first place. I mean, we only have what we have because of a generous and loving God. And that we just turn back around and say, God, use this. God, use my car. Use my ideas. Use my house. God, use my swimming pool. Use whatever I have. God, I want to leverage these things for your purposes. See, daily surrender to God and to his purposes is one of the healthiest ways to live. I really, honestly, I kind of grew up, I never thought much of myself. God has been refining that in me going, Matt, I've given you stuff, but I need you to give it back to me. Every morning I wake up and say, God, you can have my life, my dreams, my career, my marriage. Everything that I have belongs to you. I'm just telling you, you got to make sure that the dream you're living out is not just something that's for yourself. And if it is, you've probably wrestled with that emptiness inside of you, even in your own pursuits. 
Okay, that's the second group of people. Here's the third group of people. A stale dream. It burned one day. You were fired up about it, and either probably through delay or some set of problems, maybe COVID, that you didn't plan on, now that dream is barely flickering. Friends, come on, let's dream again. Here's what I do know about a stale dream, is that you can't casually go back into the original dream that you had. So if that's where you are in these different types of people, that's where you are, you just don't casually go back into it. Take my advice. You'll probably have to do something radical to get it back. I'm just telling you what I do. I'm not saying you have to do this. I'm just telling you that for me, prayer and fasting works. I take time and I try to separate as much of the world as I possibly can and I try to connect as much as I can to God. Prayer and fasting, for me, combat both of these. Fasting is not starving yourself from food. It's about how much of the world can I disconnect myself from. Maybe that's media. Maybe it's something else that's secular. What can I do to just create, even if just for a few days, some type of separation? And can I add to the time I spend in God's Word and prayer? I promise you, if you do that, your fire will start to burn again on the inside. Look at what Paul prayed for his friends in 2 Timothy 1.6. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is already in you through the laying of my hands. Friends, God still wants to do it in your life. Do something radical to break out of that stale dream. Here's the fourth group of people, a vague dream. So you have a dream but you've not spent the time that's needed to really articulate it, to dream about it. It's shocking to me how many, of people, how many people don't do this. They don't write it down. God said to a group in Habakkuk, write down what I reveal you. Can I encourage you to do something? I want you to get into this habit. If you want a vibrant life and a person who's living on purpose, and someone who's making a difference. Get into the habit of dreaming and writing it down. I have things on my bucket list that I would not have done if I didn't write them down. I want to encourage you to read your list regularly. Every time I read my list regularly, it reminds me that I need to call someone and see if I can make that happen. I need to see if that can. I need to work a little bit toward it. I need to commit this more to prayer. Here's what that verse said in Habakkuk. Habakkuk 2 verse 2. The Lord replied, write down the revelation. Write down the dream. Write down the vision and make it plain on tablets so that a herald, a communicator, may run with it. In other words, if you don't write it down, you won't be able to read it. And if you don't read it, you're not going to be able to run the play. Write it down. If you don't get anything else from this message, would you please get alone with God and start writing your dreams down again? Here's the last one, and that is a God dream. The dream that we want, and it's all, this message is all about, is a God dream. A dream that is several things, but most importantly, it's God-honoring. 
I hope you know this, that there's two judgments. We don't just go to heaven and, and God looks at us and goes, did you accept Jesus or not? Well, come on in. No, there's a judgment and it's the everybody judgment. For some of us growing up, we might have heard it as the great white throne judgment. It's the judgment where you've entered into heaven because Jesus paid for your sins. You decided to accept what Jesus did for you on the cross. It's a judgment that doesn't determine your eternal existence. It determines what your eternal existence is like. Because it's a reward judgment. It's where God says, okay, well, welcome in. I love you so much. And then God says, Matt, I gave you this. And I gave you this. Here's what 2 Corinthians 5.10 says about it. For we must all, all in Scripture is all, or it would have been some. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each of us may receive what is due us for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. God goes, Matt, I gave you this, and I gave you that. God has an expectation that we're leveraging what God gave us. Friends, I want God to look at me and go, well done, good and faithful servant. Matt, that's the kind of dream you had. It's also a culture-defining dream that has the courage enough to stand up against the injustices of the earth and say, not on our watch. We're not going to allow that to happen. It's a heaven-impacting dream that we're going to rescue people from hell and populate heaven. Friends, it'll always be a dream. I'm just going to warn you that it's going to seem impossible. A dream that is a God dream will always require God's help. I am so over my head. I've been years ago, to be honest with you, in the things that God has asked me to do. It keeps me on my knees knowing that it's going to take great faith and a great God in order to pull it off. Let me end with this in Mark chapter 8. Just receive this with fresh eyes. Don't even open up your Bibles. You can read it later. In Mark chapter 8, it says this, they came to Bathsheba and some people brought a blind man and they begged Jesus to touch him. Do you see that group of people? Our, our, our friend here is, is sick. Jesus, could you touch him? Isn't it interesting that he brought his friend who is blind and then told Jesus how to do it? Friends, that's never a good idea. So Jesus didn't touch him. Jesus, it says, took the blind man by the hand and led him outside the village. By the way, sometimes in order for God to speak to you, you've got to change the environment that you're currently in. It says, and this is really funny to me, when he spit on the man's eyes. Do you see that happening? The friend asked Jesus to touch him. I think Jesus did it purposely because the guy told him to touch him and went, I'm going to spit on him. See, sometimes you and I think that Jesus is into a system and a certain way of doing things. And Jesus is trying to say, don't create rules for me to work in your life. Then Jesus said, 
After he spit on that man's eyes, he said, friend, do you see anything? The guy looked up and said this. It's verse 25. I see people and they look like trees. I've got a question for you. If he's blind, how does he know what trees look like? There's only one answer. Once that man had sight, and he lost it, because he knew what trees looked like. I see people and they look like trees. Then here's the whole gist of this message. I wanted you to hear these two words in verse 25. Once more. So you know that Jesus, Jesus who had the ability to heal perfectly, prayed for the guy the second time. I think there are some, those words are some of the most consent, most important words in the story. Because God is saying, I am willing even though you had a vision and you lost a vision. I'm ready to give you a once more kind of experience. Specifically for some of you guys that have been in this church for a long time. And even though at times your church experience has grown stale. Remember, I'm the guy in the car behind you just giving you the little honk at the green light. See, God is a once more kind of a God. I'm telling you that someone that's right here in this room, there's someone who's by themselves at our next location who's going to watch it on a computer screen that need to know that God has a once more kind of touch for your life right now. I want you to listen to that verse from Mark chapter 8, verse 25. Once more, Jesus put his hands on the man's eyes. Then his eyes were opened. His sight was restored, and he saw everything clearly. And once more, he laid his hands on him, and he saw everything clearly. Daybreak Community Church. Let's dream again. God, in the next few minutes, continue to make this place holy. Allow us to hear your voice. Protect us from the evil one that wants to say, this is useless. You have no dream, just sit in no dreamland. Lord, whatever our dream is, Lord, thank you that we're better together. We love and adore you. We ask all this in your name. Amen.